Welcome, everyone, to the Food, Farms, and Chefs radio show with restaurant industry author Kevin Wilson, highly acclaimed chef Gene Blum, and food photojournalist Amaris Pollock. Join them as they interview the biggest names in the restaurant industry, tell you about the latest food trends, and give you recipes and cooking tips, too. So let's get the show started. Welcome, everyone, to Food Farms and Chefs, to our listeners around the world via the podcast. Welcome to our listeners on Talk Radio, WWDB. It's drive time for you and our new listeners on WPEN HD2, 97.5 FM. We have a fabulous show. We're going to start with a fantastic interview with Nina Langford from FCM Hospitality. They represent some of the greatest places, such as Morgan's Pier, Parks on Tap, Craft Hall, and many more. Now it's Pride Month, so we will then talk to Mark Kingsdorf. He's a retired chef, founder of the Queen of Hearts wedding planning brand. He's also a blogger, a writer, and marriage equality presenter. And in further celebration of Pride Month, we have a great interview with Pranny Price, and Chuck Voles, who are the Philly Pride planners and organizers. Lots of great information on this episode about Pride Month. Amherst Pollock, let's introduce our fabulous guest. I want to invite Nina Langford into our studio and into your homes. FCM Hospitality, and it is owned by Avram Hornick, who owns numerous venues that are within the city. Nina, welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. My first radio. <laughs> <laughs> Drive time radio. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, everybody's listening as they're driving home from work. And Evening then, drive time. Yes, and then in the morning on Fridays at 6 a.m., they replay it, so you get two times on the radio. Yes. So if you're in a really bad mood because of traffic, hopefully this turns it around, <laughs> where well, you turn to, to a bar instead. <laughs> I was going to say, one of your, your numerous bars and, and venues that you know people can go to, so... The city and, you know, just the U.S. in general is opening up and we are opening up the doors to venues now. Why don't you talk a little bit about some of the great events that you have that are coming up Mm -hmm. and all of the different reopenings and any new openings that you have? So I'm an anomaly where I actually started during the first shutdown of COVID. So I never knew FCM pre-COVID. I just was a patron. (laughs) which it just ended up running really well for me. So it's really exciting personally that I get to experience everything basically for the first time. So everyone's like, well, it's how it used to be. And I'm like, uh, last summer? Because last <laughs> summer was horrible. Um, with everything, with the reopening, we've been beyond grateful. Avram, the owner, is – I'm very fortunate that our paths end up crossing how they did because – he has a lot of outdoor venues, so the summertime has always been really great for us, and we've been able to keep people employed and all that fun stuff because we've been outside and we take our safety really seriously. With that, we have, you know, during the summertime, it's Parks on Tap is a great initiative. Um, we donate a portion of our proceeds back to the Philly Parks Network, so we like to say we try to leave it better than kind of how we found it. So it's a traveling beer garden that gives back. But we're not traveling. We're stationary. But they're two great locations. So it's the Waterworks and Trails End at the end of the South of Christian Trail. And that's brand new. It's great there. Uh, we opened up Lola's Garden in Ardmore, our first venture outside of Philly. 
So if you're in traffic heading that way, you can just go to Suburban <laughs> Square. You'll find us. We're huge. We can't, can't miss us. That's our. That was that really exciting one. And then with the reopening, uh, Morgan's Pier, it's it's been open. It pivoted to a more restaurant last season. But this season we get to go back to the good old-fashioned bread and butter saying of, like, the nightlife. But we're really excited that we get to take this hybrid model of, we, you know, we've shown that we can really give people great meals with this beautiful atmosphere. I think that people just had such a great time in the last few years in Morgan's Pier, they forgot. But now we're open for lunch, dinner, and everything else in between. So we're really excited to reintroduce back the entertainment that I think people have been dying for. And don't you actually have at Morgan's Pier like a Quizzo night and, and whatnot? So we're trying to get back to the Quizzo night. That, those are the things that we're trying to get back into it. We do do Yappy Hour, so the hour, the first Monday of every month. During the summertime, we partner with the PSPCA, so and we do like drinks where you get a portion of the proceeds back. You can bring your dog in, which is great for happy hour. Uh, we're actually partnering them. We also have the garden at Cherry Street Pier, which you can walk in between the two. We're doing pups and pints this Wednesday, um, partnering with uh, with PSPCA as well, uh, the same group because and then that's going to be the late night because it is you know beer week so. That one's going to be a draft of the day. A dollar for every of those drafts gets sold. You can buy one of their pint glasses. 100% of those proceeds go back to them. So we're really trying to use our entertainment as a way to also give back to either local vendors or great organizations because, you know, a lot of people miss out. So mine's all like have fun. And <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, the one thing that I absolutely love about all the different venues that you ha- you guys have is a lot of the establishments are, you know, not only uh, dog friendly, but they also are family friendly, like Craft Hall and Morgan's yeah. Pier, Cherry Street Pier. They all have some sort of aspect where children can, you know, come along with the parents. So you're not obligated to find a babysitter unless if you want one. <laughs> I, it's so interesting because if you look at, like, again, really for Avram's career, it's kind of like as he proceeds, like, as he had became a family man, like, so <laughs> his spaces. Have you all been to Craft Hall? I have. I loved it. And I have as well. When I walk, that's where the offices are. When I walked in and I saw a huge playground in the middle of a yeah. bar, I really was like, this isn't normal. <laughs> Well, it was funny because when I went there for the first time, I also saw that. And I was like, there's um, a movie with Reese Witherspoon. And she was like, you've got a baby in the bar. And like that's that line is the first thing that came to to my mind. But then it was like, um, you know, a beneficial thing because, as I said, like. (laughs) families that want to go and not have to get a babysitter or, you know, they can't find one. They can go to places like this and bring their children along. All this time I thought that was a sobriety test and replaced a breathalyzer. (laughs) (laughs) Can you climb the pirate ship? Now I know why they threw me out. Okay. (laughs) So we actually moved the pirate ship um, up to a different level. And if you haven't been to Grant's Hall, which I realize if you haven't been, this is going to sound ridiculous. Um, It's where the old yard brewery is. So mainstay, they brew beer on premise to locals, uh, which is Philly's first, Pennsylvania's first black-owned brewery. Um, They can and and bottle there as well. We also have a bakery on premise, which is Lost Bread, and they're pretty 
well known. Yes. Um, I like to always plug that they won New York's best cookie before, and it's based out of Philly. So, woo woo. That is the best cookie. I could not get enough of that cookie. It's a pretzel. Like it. It's so savory with a little salty and sweet. It's amazing. It makes no sense that how good it is. And that pretzel they have is fantastic. Well, that's actually what it is. It's the leftover pretzels. They yeah. they turn into it. It's it's great. And we have a 700-pound smoker there where we smoke all the barbecue. That's actually where the, the product for Parks on Tap, it's all smoked there. And there's also Pirate Chip in the same location, which, again, <laughs> it, all of this doesn't sound like it makes sense. But it's great um, because you can go with your family or, like me, I just – I love my nephews because I can give them back is always what I like to say. So if, like, cool Aunt Nina can bring her four, five, six, and seven-year-old nephews, yes, in that order, I can bring them, not feel guilty, and, you know, only one or two. I'm driving. <laughs> <laughs> and um, talk a little bit about the Philly River Stroll. So Philly River Show, we started last year, and right now it's just a garden at Cherry Street Pier. We are working on reopening the Ray Street Pier Beer Garden, uh, which would, it's just like a, it's literally a truck that you could be pour beer out of. It's genius. I just wish it could go around like Mr. Softy. Uh, so the Garden at Cherry Street Pier is a 20,000 square foot open air eatery at the end of Cherry Street Pier. We're, and we work out of our, like re- upcycled, like um, old, what's the word I'm looking for? Like Trailers. Yeah, it's like trailers, but it's the dot. It's like the big, it's it's awesome. So, and then we have, we'll have the Ray Street Pier Beer Garden, which is a mobile beer truck, which will pull up on the dock and you get to sit and look at the view. So if you're going for a walk or, you know, it's a, it's a great way to get out and get exercise. If you're in that in-between time where you are, have you been vaccinated yet? Or is it okay? <laughs> but, <laughs> but you want to not just sit inside. You can just go for a nice walk on the riverfront. I mean, what better way to spend like an afternoon? It's great. Now, I have been to Harper's Garden. It's actually funny because as I was going down the list, I was like, oh, I've been there before, like without knowing that I, you know, it was an FCM hospitality venue. Um, But Harper's Garden is one of the the places that my friends and I have gone. It's beautiful. Uh, You know, if you are looking to have a nice brunch or a lunch or dinner, date night, Harper's Garden is the most, like, it's elegant. And you know, chic, yeah, and a very, very approachable. Nice. It's um, it's like a. I didn't even realize this place existed until I had to go for because it's in like this little inlet, and then all of a sudden you look up and it's just this beautiful veranda of like <laughs> greenery, and they come and they water it every single day. We use this. Uh, it's similar to how we have Juno, uh, but the. There's a you'll find a lot of elements of greenery inside inside and outside of our, all of our properties, unless there's a pirate ship, then that one gets it. But it's a Harper's Garden. It's a great great cocktail bar. Uh, the our head our director our beverage director his name is Matt. He is awesome. That's like his baby. Uh, like everyone always says, and he always puts like personal touches. So. For instance, his his mom passed away last year. So when he did the fall cocktail menu, it was all personal nods to his childhood, Aww. and and you can like taste it. It's just so great. We really try our best to use as many like PA based spirits as possible. Again, just trying to you know give back to the community as much as we can, like reinvest in it. And it's the food is great. Um, the chef is 
female and the gmail and the gm is female so it's like no girl power so that's, uh, <laughs> which is like you know my own personal favorite thing but it's great we expanded and we have the space next door too so we have additional indoor seating we have and we have the huge brand outside so we're great and now that the restrictions are getting up we can host events again and it's great i mean we've done they've done some amazing rehearsal dinners there baby showers like why when i think like it's like one of those things you're like when you see it you're like duh of course <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's it's gorgeous i i know that gene has probably seen it i don't know if i have eaten there you yes. have i eaten loved there. it okay. yes harper's garden was great yes and, and you know throwing back to your beverage manager he um, I don't know if it was him who ha- actually like I spoke with, but I had him create a cocktail that was specific to me. Um, what was it? it? I remember I it's a little far back, but <laughs> I remember having blue coat gin um, because again, throwback to Philly, um, and I think elderflower, so Saint Germain, mm. and what else did I have in there? I don't know. It was like prosecco. I mean, and I know that's like normally your base. For for the the elderflower um, drink, mm. but then I added in a couple of other things, and it floated a flower on top. It was so pretty, and it tasted so good. He he came up with we're doing a for Pride. Um, it's we're doing cocktails for our calls. So for the we have eight open venues right now. If you count parks on tap as one, I guess because there's two, but yeah. And each one of the eight venues that are currently open are doing for the whole month of June. They each have a signature drink for the LGBTQ, like the Philly, the, the Philly inclusive pride flag. Not the most recent one, the one prior to this year. And when you line them all up, it makes the flag. So each one of the venues gets a different color. And he, I was, we kind of came up with this idea, me and the person that does our PR, Corey and He's just, you know, this is just brainstorming type things. And I was like, hey, by the way, got approval for this idea. So I'm going to need eight cocktails. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what? I'm like, tonight by 5 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, uh. And I was like, and they have to be specific color. <laughs> but it came out great. And we're really appreciative because people seem to really like it. And we're grateful that we can, again, use our platform to do these events at, you know, not, quote, gay end quote like locations it's about a citywide be proud we're all proud of our neighbors our community and inclusive of everyone yeah and we're all over the city so it's not like you can't if you really want to go like you can no matter where you are we have all different types of food we have all different types of dietary restrictions we follow if you if you have them so we uh, we're really grateful that we're able to come up with it and really grateful that the team is used to some crazy antics and <laughs> so where can we go and get all the cocktails lined up and just enjoy and, and Uber one. home? Well, you, uh, you you met a good person because I feel like I might be able to help you with that. <laughs> but I can't promise there's one single place that has all the liquor for all of them. But if you, you, know, you can test out a few of them. And what will happen at the end is we'll do like basically a product mix for the month and that's how we'll figure it out. They're all really, really great. Like, Morgan's is doing the orange crushing it. And, I mean, it's just one of their signatures. And Rosie's actually is doing their stateside rose. And so it's not a margarita. We kind of wanted to make sure we didn't just do a margarita, even though Juno is one of our properties. And they get the – they got the color black. 
and then he came up with a mezcal charcoal margarita, and it somehow the activated charcoal gives it this such a unique taste. I was like, I don't even know what I'm drinking, but it's charcoal, so I think that's healthy for you nowadays. Yeah, and you know, charcoal helps with any toxicity. So while you're drinking it, maybe you know you can drink a little bit more. See, We're <laughs> this is like the perfect morning cocktail, right? <laughs> Get yourself rid of the toxins and make your boss tolerable for the day. <laughs> we we all, we have a the one at Craft Hall is a German chocolate cold brew martini. Oh, it's German chocolate because it's it's Jaeger cold brew, um, which they have like their own little brand. So you can get a cold brew. You could get you know get your charcoal and then follow up some Jaeger and caffeine. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> breakfast of champions. I'm there. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I love that idea. And it's a throwback to the coal region of Pennsylvania where Jaeger comes from originally. There you go. There you go. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so the Dolphin Tavern is not one of the ones that I that I know about. Seeing your <laughs> – do you want to discuss that or shall we move on? Um, no. I mean, of course. Great spot. Have you been? Yes. So Dolphin actually is – a place that existed prior to FCM and then took it over. It used to be where the Navy people would go, kind of like a go-go bar. Um, it's not a go-go bar. Uh, it always had really great nightlife. It's very, it's on Broad Street, which is, it's right next, it was right near the old Boot and Saddle, which unfortunately did not make it after COVID. But we um, were really, you know, it's sad, it's sad, you know, one of the many casualties of the industry. But we it is a nightlife location, but we are we added a we built actually a kitchen. It didn't exist there, so it'll be open for happy hour moving forward. Dolphin is known for they also do a lot of like theme music nights, which is great. And like our uh, most of our like all of our properties, not most all of our properties, it's really important for us to always be as inclusive as possible. So like even if you go to a website, they're like, no, don't be mean. Like if you are going to be mean, just don't even bother coming. <laughs> so it's a lot of fun, and it's also a neighborhood place where you can go get a pint after work. So that's one's that one's reopening actually this Friday. Oh, great! And mm-hmm. Concourse also opens. I was very happy there. I thought that was a great spot. And when does that reopen soon? Uh, Concourse? Yeah. So Concourse officially opens this Saturday. Oh, that's fantastic. We are opening up uh, for a private party on the 11th with uh, the Boys of Summer. So it's a private party for – it's an LGBTQ um, event, which is great. I mean, you're more – anyone's obviously welcome to come and buy tickets if they'd like. They can go on on Facebook and find it at BOS Philly. But for the general public, we will be open Saturday. Uh, We open weekends. The ball pit is back. Oh, I was about to ask you that. <laughs> and, you know, it's, as I'm talking, people listening have never heard of it. So, yes, I work for a company that has a bar that has a pirate ship and another bar that has an adult ball pit in it. And the size of Concourse was very impressive. I mean, that place is huge. It's I mean, I couldn't believe how big it was. Two floors. Yeah. It fits over 1,000 people. Yep. It is ridiculous how big it is and it's beautiful and we had ice sculptures i remember so before covid hit uh they started building an ice bar that was beautiful Ooh. it's a legit a room of ice with sculptures of peter slavin he's a local ice sculptor he did it and it's <laughs> it was beautiful it are, is awesome are it, they gonna bring that back because i mean it's a 
tons and tons of it's not going anywhere even if we it's great and it's going to be included in the emission price so wow. your cover charge gets you access to the djs congress has a light show so we have a dj and someone else that does the lights to go with it and then you get access to the ice bar room and there's an infinity room and the ball pit and the ice bar room is worth the price of admission that blew me away i could not believe it's the talent you know, just, to, I mean, it, it was unbelievable. We are, like, every time I go in there, I feel like I find something new. Yeah. And it's all, it's a love letter to Philly, as the ice sculptor like to say. There's, you know, there's Ben Franklin with the boom box. There's Gritty in there. Yeah. Then there's this huge butterfly. It's, it's the most Instagram All spot. made out of ice. I was going to say, I've never been to an ice bar, and I so want to go to oh, one. Oh, you have to. I'd, like, your eyes are fucking up. Like, I really want to go now. It is. So when we, like, fully reopen and, you know, we'll be able to do private events, we can actually get shot glasses made out of ice. Like, So there's actually wow. a bar in there, and the whole bar is physical. Like, you will have a bartender serve you a cup of ice with alcohol and <laughs> over an ice thing. It I is- kept talking oh, about funny. the ice bar at Concourse for weeks after I got there. I couldn't believe it. It was just so impressive. It's, it was amazing. As far as far as we know, it's the only one that's in Philly. Right. The, there are some across the world. Uh, there's there's other ice bars. But I don't know if there's a single place in the whole wide world that in one location you can get, as an adult, <laughs> a drink, uh, go jump in a ball pit, go and sit in a uh, in literal freezer. And very easy to get to. It's right down in Center City. It's very it's Easy in the concourse of the train yep. station. That's why it's called. Yep. Concourse. Now, for our listeners, because we have listeners that are across the U.S. and some that are in uh, Canada. Um, other co- tons of other countries. Yeah, and other countries. For the, those who are traveling now, since restrictions are, are lightening up, um, <laughs> where when they go to the ice bar, do you provide coats or whatnot to stay you know warm just in case if you know yes it's hot outside and you're probably initially going to go in and be like oh thank god <laughs> but then you know eventually your temperature kind of like slowly goes down and you go oh okay this is a bit cold do you have um, coats that people can rent we sure do and wow. we have spray if you want to spray them down. And to even add to it, there are stuffed polar bears throughout <laughs> throughout the space. But yes, there are jackets that you are more than welcome to use, and we have spray. We spray them down, but in case you're like, let me just make sure. Wait, wait. So can I now? Now we have a pirate ship, mm-hmm. an ice bar, mm-hmm. polar bears, yep. <laughs> a ball pit, yep. and uh, what am I missing? I feel like I'm missing something. <sighs> This is like, you know, a bingo game. Like, if, if you're listening, check Should off. Go to these places. <laughs> oh, gosh. This is going to be a game. Well, Rose's has a, a hot sauce wall. So if you go in there, there's actually a wall of all different hot sauces that you can use. They have, they, they've ordered so many specialty hot sauces that the people that they purchased it from ended up making them their own. Wow. <laughs> it's a chocolate habanero hot sauce. Oh, nice. And I thought it meant chocolate like the candy. It's not. It's There's nice. actual pepper called a chocolate habanero. Yes. Just fun facts. And it's painful. <laughs> it's painful. Yeah. Found it, that out. <laughs> is it worse than ghost peppers? Or no. Okay. I think Satan is worse than ghost peppers, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> Um, but that's so there's a hot sauce wall. Oh, God. I, it's, there's so many hidden like quirks in all these locations. Lola's, if you look on the one wall, there's a stencil of a giraffe. 
because when Avram grew up there, he remembered that there was a big giraffe in the window that he remembered passing at a kid at that exact location. So he wanted to make sure he did a nod to his childhood, and there was, like, a hidden giraffe at, at that wall. It's fun. It's actually a little game that I've, like, learned to play with myself that I'm like, here's little fun facts. <laughs> now, for anybody who is listening, if you want, I actually wrote an article for Lola's Garden because I was there during the opening. Um, so you can read about Lola's Garden and, you know, find their website if you go to my social media and follow my LinkedIn. Um, it has all my articles at Last Out Media. So thank you. I no know. Problem. I remember it was we are so grateful for that opening and the support that we've received from the Ardmore community and you know, Suburban Square, if you're from the Philadelphia area, you know, it's it's been like an evolution and we're just really grateful to be a part of everything that the city and our suburbs have let us be a part of because none of this would have happened if it wasn't for our amazing customers and our staff because anyone's industry knows staffing and like that's it. I always say like much to Auburn's probably despise. <laughs> I always say like we all we sell beer and chicken wings. The only difference between us and everyone else are the people that work here. And if we can make you feel happy and special, then you know what? We did something right with our day and, you know, come positive vibes. Now, before we let you go, um, and, and, you know, you're going to stay in studio or you can, you know, while while our next guest is on, we are doing an episode that's all about pride. So I know we touched base on the cocktails that you guys are going to have. So what are some of the other pride-related um, events that you're having? Oh, we are really excited. So this Saturday, weather permitting, we are going to be doing the first Pride in the Park at Trails End with Parks on Tap. It is family-friendly, all ages welcome. Obviously, we'll have the cocktail for our calls, so everyone a dollar for those drinks. We'll have information for the different charities that we get to partner with. Um, they'll have information out there like uh, PAC and Gali and um, Attic Youth Center and then Williams Way. We So you can go. We'll have some music for, and have some food, drinks, feel good. Yes. Um, now, if people are going to go um, try to get each of the cocktails, what are some of the? Where are some of the other places that they can find it? Because I believe that we went through Morgan's Pier with Orange Crush and um, where are we? The Rosie's Taco Bar with Stateside Rose. Craft Hall with the German chocolate cold brew martini. It's a long one, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Juno with the black mezcal charcoal margarita. What are some of the rest? So Harper's. This is this always. I'm gonna have to start from the top. All right. So there's Harper's Garden, Juno, Rosie's, Craft Hall, Parks on Tap, the Garden of Cherry Street Pier, Morgan's Pier, and Lola's Garden. Is that, okay. all? Is that eight? I'm yes. marking him off, but yes. <laughs> it's like a quiz to myself. <laughs> now, if um, everyone who's listening decides I'm going to go out go out and try to get each one, will they get some sort of like card of like, hey, we went to every location or? No, but now that you said that, I feel like that might be something we have to do now. <laughs> well, I, when you go to locations, there'll be cards that tell you what the drink is there and all the place, all the other places that you can get them. But now I feel like we have to make like a rainbow passport. Like, yeah, so that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm like texting right now. <laughs> See, you heard it here first. That, all thanks to you. Yes, you, we're gonna put your face on it. It's gonna just be like a rainbow over your head. Oh, that works. <laughs> like my little ribbon right now. Yup. All right. Now, where can we find you on social media? Uh, 
personally or for all the accounts? For, for the, all the I was going to say. Um, but so each one has its own um, individual social media site. So if you just go to fcmhospitality.com, so it's Four Corners Management is what FCM stands for. So if you go to fcmhospitality.com, all of the locations are there. Anything new that we're working on, we always post on there as well, as for, and also the individual accounts. Thank you. Yay. And then if just in case, if you want to, you know, have a lot of followers all of a sudden. <laughs> oh, that's what I say. I'm not that cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's really my social media is me at the at the different locations. Just I'm one of the a very future fortunate people that it's my job to talk to strangers. Like I said earlier, I give people food and drinks and I talk to strangers. <laughs> so I'm doing something right. Right. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for joining thank us. Thank you so, so much. much. That was me. great. <laughs> Okay. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to break and we'll be right back. To become a sponsor of our show and promote your business or event on every single podcast platform, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music, in addition to WWDB Talk Radio every Tuesday at 6 p.m. evening drive time. Email us today, food, farms, and chefs at yahoo.com for our very low rates. And we're back. Chef Gene, introduce our fantastic guest. Well, I'd love to introduce this fabulous guest to the entire world, though part of me feels that most of it already knows him. Um, Mark Kingsdorf, chef, foodie, founder of the Queen of Hearts wedding brand, blogger, public speaker, ghostwriter, wedding expert, and expert in marriage equality, diversity, and inclusion. Welcome to Food Farms and Chefs Radio. Hi, thanks, Gene. That was quite a buildup. Uh, you know, I've been out of Philly for a while, so I ho- hopefully I'm still on some folks' radar there. Well, being that we also have a very large presence in the Florida market, yes, it's wonderful to have you on. And uh, really, this topic is so universal, you know, marriage equality, gay pride, pride, the changes in the wedding and hospitality industry through the years. Uh, As long as I've known you and and watched the changes that we've gone through and have done weddings with you throughout the years, one of the things you shared recently is when you got into your relationship after a couple of years you know, you did something significant thinking that that was the most you could ever be. Kind of tell us that little story and, and how things have changed in in the world since you've been doing events and planning events to where we are now. Yeah, I, I've been doing events one way or the other, either on catering or in the wedding industry, uh, probably since the mid 80s and went through the whole you can have a commitment ceremony or a civil union or a holy union, depending on your religious affiliation. But when my now husband and I met in 2002, um, we never thought we'd see the day where we could get married legally. So five years into our relationship, we went out and bought wedding bands and figured that that was as good as it was going to get. Well, that's obviously changed. Uh you know, you and Chuck have been together, uh, officially married. It's a, it's you know a wonderful union. To, the two of you are just you know the spokes couple for what it should be, and and you know that love is love. Um, so Thank you, you know, yeah. kudos to that. I mean, the two of yeah, you are. Yeah, it was actually very cool. Um, 
a lot of our friends rushed out when uh, marriage equality passed and got married right away, which for a lot of us, if we had been together for a long time, you now had a first date that a lot of us celebrated. You just kept that date, you know, and, and that marked your anniversary. Some folks did commitment ceremonies um, that were not legally binding, and now they have a third marriage date. So um, we held off. We've always celebrated the uh, anniversary of our first date, and we waited after things had passed until the next October 28th and got legally married on that same date. So we have one anniversary date to remember. Now, I have a question for you. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> when you were officially married, did you get another band or did you get a separate band when you got married? So, funny story. I'm wearing the five-year band right now. Um, we went out to get these cleaned and decided that it was a new occasion and we needed new rings. So, we had great new rings. And uh, my husband was out. He does uh, long-distance bicycling, cyc cycling, um, and normally takes his ring off and forgot to and lost it somewhere along the coast between here and Clearwater. So he's gone back to wearing his five-year band, so I'm wearing mine as well. Um, now, follow up with that. Are you going to surprise him with another band so that he has like a brand new sparkly band? Well, I doubt that to be um, that we're on the radio and he's listening, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, we, we've talked we've talked about it. I mean, we're we're both over sixty. We're grown folks looking down the barrel of retirement, so there's not a whole lot of of big surprises without talking to each other. Um, so we will be married. Uh, well, we will be together 20 years in 2022, which is um, probably when we're going to go ahead and get new rings. So you gave me this wonderful segue there, Mark. As you get ready and, and to go into the next part of your life, you've been in this industry for so many years. Uh, you have kind of semi-retired from the wedding planning business. You do a little bit of writing tomorrow or this week, I know you're going to be speaking um, on diversity and inclusion. You do some speaking engagements, things like that. But one of the big things in your life now that you're doing is an absolutely wonderful blog. And if I'm correct, it's called Mark and Chuck's Adventures, www.markandchucksadventures.com. That is a travel food uh, blog that also deals in in you know, some LGBTQ, some over 60 travel from a sensible point of view. Tell us about that, because I love reading that blog. It's kind of my new addiction right now. Yeah, it it kind of happened by accident. Um, probably six or seven years ago, we were taking a trip to Thailand, and that was really foreign for most of our friends. You know, trips to Hawaii or Alaska, those kind of things, Caribbean stuff, people were like, yeah, yeah, been there. When we said Thailand, they thought we were going to another planet. So we started the travel blog, and it was literally just, here's a link for our siblings. Uh, Chuck's parents were alive at the time, and some relatives. And we started documenting some of the places that we had been, the street food that we ate, because everybody said, don't eat street food in Bangkok, you'll get sick. So we, we documented all of it, and it was a lot of fun. Well, when I started getting serious about blogging as a profession for wedding professionals as part of this 
retirement plan. Um, we started taking it more seriously. So now we document wherever we go. Um, we've thrown in a little bit of cooking, especially during COVID when we were home and couldn't travel. When we were able to travel and do some day trips around Florida, we've done those. Um, and it's been fun because we're over 60, but we are not the, you know, sit on a on a cruise ship and do nothing over 60. Uh, hopefully this year we're going to be crossing number five of the seven wonders of the world off of our list and going to Petro. We were supposed to be at Machu Picchu this past fall. Uh, when the world shut down, we were at the Taj Mahal. So oh. doing lots of those things from a senior perspective, and hopefully we'll roll into a uh, YouTube channel at some point. And a lot of it has Obviously, LGBTQ information. We have traveled places like communist China, uh, where we were really surprised by one of our tour guides in Shanghai, who was a very open 26-year-old gay man. We went on a photo tour in Havana, Cuba, and later found out that our tour guide is gay and has connected with us on social media. We were outside of Nairobi, Kenya, and found out the resort that our tour group was staying at was hosting a very large East African LGBTQ conference where they flew into Nairobi and weren't told where they were going for their own safety, and then were bused a couple hours outside of Nairobi for this trip. So we always include those kind of things about safety and about some of the travel. Well, you do much more. I, what reading some of what you do and speaking with you, you very much immerse yourself in the culture and the food. You're you're cooking recipes at home. You're doing a lot of different things. You know, you're really taking those ingredients that you learned about and incorporating them into your meals. I see your social media posts about the cooking you're doing. Um, you really take what you've learned and, and take it to a whole new level. You know, is that something that you're doing because of the bloggers, you know, I, I think that that's always been you and Chuck. It, it, it is. It's always been us. And I, I saw on some of your collateral that you air in the Hudson Valley and I am a CIA grad. So, um, you know, love that area. And I've been cooking my whole life. So, um, yeah, we, we like street food. I am not I went to Le Bernardin years ago and had one of the most uncomfortable dining experiences of my life because I'm not the guy to sit for three and four hours in a jacket and tie. I love great food, but I like street food, local food with local people. I want to learn about the culture. So um, we, we do that. I mean, I've eaten scorpions in a street market in Beijing um, you know, we, we go all out. We, we want to try new stuff. And speaking of trying new stuff, um, you said earlier that your friends were a little, a little bit naysayers, um, on you traveling to Taiwan or are they less, um, apprehensive of it now or, you know, have you influenced them? Um, I, I think a lot of our immediate family does a little more traveling. They're not nearly as adventurous. I mean, we, we love our siblings, but both my husband's siblings and mine, 
mine still live in Bucks County within about 10 minutes of, of where we were raised and his in South Jersey within about 10 minutes of where they were raised. So, um, you know, they do travel a little bit. My sister-in-law backpacked across Europe when she was in her teens and, you know, they've done some other traveling. We're definitely more adventurous. (laughs) So Mark, I know that food is such a big part of your life and Chuck's life as well. And, you know, now that you're living in Florida, you do come back to your Philadelphia roots quite often. And the fact that you are in down there searching for the best Philadelphia cheesesteak in the Tampa St. Pete area. How's that going? Um, it's interesting. <laughs> so before we moved away from Philly, we lived across the baseball field in the Italian market from two iconic places. I, I am a hardcore Sarcones seated roll guy. <laughs> like I, I will relate. crawl across. I will crawl across broken glass for that. Um, <laughs> I agree. It, it, it it doesn't happen here. So because we're right in St. Pete, down the road from Clearwater and Spring Training, there are a decent number of Philly South Jersey transplants here. And a lot more as you get closer to Clearwater and then inundated when spring training. So we have a couple places that are um, related to or named for places in the greater Philadelphia area. And some of them are okay and some of them are not so okay. So we've been trying them. My biggest challenge is everybody thinks that the go-to for them needs to be we use Amoroso Rolls. Love Amoroso rolls. I don't think they're what they were when we were kids. Maybe it was just that we were all different when we were kids and our palates were different. But I think packing them and shipping them to Florida and the volume that they buy in or the length of time that they hold them, it's just not the same. I would agree. Mark, before we wrap up and go to our next segment in commercial, where can people find your blog and find out more information about your travels and your food experiences? How can people get in touch with you and, and read this wonderful blog? Yeah, thanks. Uh, obviously, the blog itself is Mark, M-A-R-K-A-N-D, Chucks, C-H-U-C-K-S, Adventures, plural, dot com. So that's Mark and Chucks Adventures dot com. And... Instagram page has a lot on there. And again, that's at Mark and Chuck's adventures. Fabulous. Fabulous. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to talking to you in the future and having people read this blog and listen, if you're above 60, you're under 60, you're part of the LGBTQ, LGBTQ, yes, (laughs) um, community or you're not read the blog. You will love it. Thank you very much, Mark. Look forward to talking to you soon. Safe travels. Thanks, Gene. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Chef Gene, introduce our fantastic guests. Well, at this time, I'm very excited to introduce Randy Price and Chuck Voles. With, without these two individuals, pride in the city of Philadelphia would not look anywhere near what it is. Uh, Chuck has been involved in planning Pride in Philadelphia, Philly Pride, for 29 years. Franny, 28 years. Welcome. And, Franny, congratulations on soon becoming mayor of Fullcroft, Delaware County as well. But thank you for your 
dedication for so many years in making Pride Philadelphia a wonderful experience. Thank you. So, yes. So, 29, 28 years. What was it like 28 years ago, Chuck Franny? You know, what, what, tell us a little bit about Pride. Well, Pride, when I joined and became president back then when we had titles, um, we were $35,000 in debt. Most of the board had quit. Uh, Franny was our parade coordinator. Um, we made some hard choices like not becoming a free event down Penn's Landing, but actually paying for the venue, having to charge, which we didn't want to do, but it, it was a choice of staying in existence or, or not. So um, that's how we started. We put this together ourselves. Uh, we worked off our debt. And at least by the time I retired, we had $45,000 in the bank and we could hire an executive director, which instead of reinventing the wheel twice a year, so wonderful to have uh, an executive director take it over. Oh, it was awful. Well, the two of you, and, and I, I'm going to speak more Franny in this particular situation because my interactions at Pride Now Fest have been mostly with Franny, work so hard to really promote first Pride and then later on grow it into Outfest as well as part of the, the you know the situation in the city. Um, what has been the city's response? I mean, right from the get-go, were they supportive of it? Uh, was it a, you know, as easy to work with to where we are now to where, you know, the entire city embraces it? I mean, obviously times have changed and, you know, in a good way, but tell us a little bit about the differences and and how the city has embraced the event. Well, when, when I retired as director, we, of course, for several years, had um, different people running the event, and uh, now all of a sudden I'm the staff person. Uh, even before I was the staff person, because I was the one that was always in Center City every day, I was the one that would go apply for the permits, and, um, you know, I always went right to City Hall, and truthfully, I would just go right into the managing director's office and say, I need help. We need a parade permit. I never did it before. And not only would they give me the permit, but they would help me fill it out. And we kind of formed the relationship. And the woman who gave us the permits every year for not only Pride, but for Outfest, she was the co-founder of a Dunday. Um, which we were on the same date, and if there was an issue, I think she would have made us change our date because every once in a while someone thinks they are, there is an issue with us being the same day as a done day. And, you, you know, and it's been kind of easy, but, you know, then it, about, uh, what was it, nine, uh, 2000 five or in in the mid 2000s all of a sudden the city started charging for expenses we had to pay for the police we had to pay for this we paid for that and with us it went from paying zero to twenty one thousand dollars and being told that two weeks before an event which of course all our funds were on deposits and paying for this and that and uh we wind up it now happening to reinvent the wheel with a new managing director because the original one retired, 
We had a meeting, and we knew that something was up because talking to all the other traditional events, everybody was paying a different amount for a different size. And and I'll use this as an example. The Irish Parade was paying 40000 Their parade is three hours and almost three miles long. Our parade was a mile and a half long, an hour, and we're paying, you know, more than half of that. So there's something wrong. The pilling figures out. We met with them. We got it down to 9000 and And then um, during that meeting, a new employee came out of the closet and donated $2,500 towards our bill. I think they were all shocked. And then, thank God, you know, Bob Brady created the Traditions Fund that handled a lot of the city's expenses for five to six years. And uh, so we we have a wonderful relationship with the with not only the city employees, but with all the police. And being in Philadelphia, we need a lot of different police departments involved because we're a city of significant. It would make a statement if they blew up the Liberty Bell during Gay Pride. And we are one of the few parades that passed there. So people don't realize how many different law enforcements were there to keep them safe. The bomb squad, Homeland Security, the National Guard, the Defense Department, the Coast Guard, there's so many different police there that day. And um, well, we have a good relationship because our community is not a violent and destructive one during Gay Pride. So, um, yeah, we have a great thing. And um, with Outfest, there used to be a little block party on Pine Street. And I suggested that they should move it to what was known then as the Gay Ghetto. And... Nobody on the board agreed to it except for Chuck. And um, so we fought the whole summer, and it happened, and it turned out being the biggest thing the LGBT community ever had, And uh, even the first year. And Philadelphia City Paper, David Warner, wrote a story how it was a beautiful day in the neighborhood, so we adopted that and we started saying that our events was in the neighborhood, and then the next thing you know, the Al Courant was doing it, and so was the PGN. And so we went from the ghetto to the neighborhood. And now it's the largest coming out day event in the world. Alfest is one of my favorite events of the year. Obviously, you know, I'm down there with uh, Innovative Catering every year and, and, you know, supporting that. And I love the number of businesses that are not in the neighborhood that come down and lend their support. It, you know, nobody's out there, you know, trying to get rich in a day or doing anything like that. It's about supporting the event. It's a wonderful feeling to see so many businesses coming from all over, uh, you know, whether it's Jersey, Bucks County, Delaware County, Chester County, wherever, come down and support that. So kudos for the creation of that, taking it to where it's at now and, and being part of that. So COVID obviously impacted Pride, you know, being able to get together and celebrate and then going into this year with a great deal of uncertainty. And Pride is not the type of event that you can put together in 30 days or 60 days. So what's in store that you know of going into, you know, the opening now that the city today announced they're going to start, you know, relaxing all the restrictions. What What's 
you know, what's in store for Pride the rest of this year, going into the fall, and hopefully going forward. What 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 can you tell us from what you know, even though your involvement is less and less every year? Well, I think Franny will tell you there's there's so many moving parts to all of our events. Sometimes it's a little crazy. Now we have this moving part, and when we when we made the tentative you know, plans to move to September. We were hoping that the restrictions would be either lessened or not there at all. Uh, we know we couldn't do it in June. So it's one more uncertainty that, believe it or not, it still changes on a daily basis with us. Uh, we're trying to deal with Penn's Landing, and, and you know, the, things change. So that's just one more, you know, strange factor. But just so for your listeners to know, uh, we have one event this year. It's Saturday during Labor Day weekend. It will be the Pride Festival at the Great Plaza at Penn's Landing. So we hope by then all restrictions will be gone. But we don't know that as we sit here. But yeah, it looks it looks like it it might be one of the biggest festivals we ever we've ever accomplished because people just start need to get out. That is and so. Chuck means I the festival restrictions because when we first started meeting they were going by the city guidelines as far as the streets are concerned people have to understand that all these cafes that are built structures in the street they have them permits to december so there's no way for us to have a parade so for and there's no way for us to have outfest as well so we're we're kind of stuck so for the Labor Day Saturday Pride Fest, um, what does that entail? Well, we're, we're hoping 180 community groups and vendors. Um, applications are going out now. They're slowly coming back in. Um, you know, we, we have certain obstacles. For instance, Penn's Landing, because they had no other programming this summer, uh, did not build their stage. Uh, Franny and I have been in negotiations trying to uh, get a stage erected, which uh, costs about $10,000. So none of this is easy. So, uh, you know, and also, you know, having been not in business for a year and a half, uh, we have no funds. So a lot of places who want upfront deposits, we don't have upfront money for them. But uh, so, I mean, that's what we're looking for at Penn's Landing. I think it will be our largest festival we've ever done, I suspect we will have like 180 vendors down there. Well, from the community standpoint, you're so accustomed to overcoming obstacles and difficulties and roadblocks people throw up that I have no doubt that you're going to really achieve that and the community is going to celebrate in a really big way. I know, you know, I look forward to it, uh, Obviously, we have another event in the city that same weekend, but I think that your event could probably overshadow a good part of that, and I know the entertainment will be much better. So can I um, make a – so what Chuck is saying is in in the past, because we've been doing this for 28 and 29 years, we have a reputation with the vendors we use, tables, chairs, tents, porta potty fencing, sound, whatever – with a lot of them not working either, in the past, uh, they always would show up 
the next day after the event, I would meet them at Pennsylvania and we pay them. But now since they haven't worked, they all want their money up front. So my job is now raising that money to be able to, you know, pay everybody up front. And, of course, you know, with Chuck's help with some things, too. Uh, people don't understand, you know, they say, why do you charge 15 at the gate? Well, we have to pay. And when you have a gated event, the protesters are not allowed in. It. It's our private event. So we, it's worth it us not to have Repent America or Pastor Aiden up in your face with a sign telling you you're going to hell or we want you to catch AIDS so you go to hell. So, you know, it's a gated event. and. Um, but we too have to pay for everything. Every nothing's free. You you have to pay your security. There's a lot of union stuff there. That like the the best sound company in the world Freddy? is down there. Live Nation. All yep. all of them. We're everybody. Good. They don't know that they they see thousands of people and think we're walking out with a hundred thousand dollars. And if we're lucky, yep. we're, we're walking out with six thousand dollars. That will go towards Outfest. Franny, we're up against the wall here. So. As a final thing, rather than go out and follow your social media, if somebody wanted to make a donation, who would they make that donation to? Chuck? Philly Pride Presents. Philly Pride Presents. And we Mm -hmm. can find that across social media? Yeah, it's on our website and our Facebook. We're in the process of updating our website. Listen, and and we're doing something for Gay History Month every day, posting on Facebook. So people should look at it. It's history. It's you know, in, in little bits, but it's very interesting. Well, thank you very thank much. Thank you so much. We appreciate your time. I look forward to September. Thank you both for coming on this afternoon. Thank you so much. Philly restaurant reviews with an S.com has more information about the show. Amherst Pollock. You can find me at AR Pollockus and across most social media or Amherst Pollock. Chef Jean. You can find me at IBFoodie2 or Gene Blum across social media or IBFOODIE2 at yahoo.com. Email me. I will get back to you and answer your questions. We'll talk to you next week.